0: You know, I don't know if you noticed, Mike, they had a big undercover investigation on me. Yeah? It was called Shadowboxing. Really? Yeah. I'll tell you how it happened. They send these two guys to me, and they tell me they want to get into it. One was an undercover FBI agent, the other was around Muhammad Ali. And they took him out of prison because he knew the boxing game. They said, We want to be in the boxing game, but we want to go at the high level. I said, Well, who do you want to meet? They said, Don King.
1: This is free to hotboxing, exclusively available on Apple Podcast and Podcast One. If you love the show, share it with a friend and don't forget to leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcast.
2: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Hot Boxing. I'm Evan Britton. And I'm Mike Tyson. And Mike, we've we got, got some We got something California. serious today. We've got Michael Franzese in the hot box. Welcome. Thank you so much. Good to be here. All right, Mike. Good to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think we just need to start where you grew up. I'm on YouTube. I, I see
1: you on YouTube all the time. I see you always have your pitch on YouTube.
2: I think,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. we just have to Is start back at the stuff. beginning.
2: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Back in the beginning. Well, I grew up in Brooklyn, Greenpoint section. And um, my dad was um, the underboss of the Colombo family back in the 60s. So I grew up in that environment. And he was uh, very highly publicized. You know, for some reason, you know, I found out later on, with all the guys around, they seemed to just pick my dad as as kind of the main guy, the media guy, the guy the government was after all the time. So I grew up in an environment where we had law enforcement around us all the time. I grew up actually hating the police. Mm -hmm. I hated them because my dad was my hero. And they were kind of like the enemy, you know, always looking to indict him, arrest him, always around the house. And, you know, their, their tactics back then were very different than they are today. <clears throat> today, everything is very covert. You know, you got a lot of informants, a lot of, you know, high tech surveillance They just break the law, equipment. overtly break the law. Oh, back yeah. Then, yeah. Back then, they had seven or eight different agencies following my dad, and they'd have a car parked around my house 24-7. So wherever we went, I was one of seven kids. We had a parade of law enforcement vehicles following us. And I got into many scuffles with them, you know, had many, many incidents. And so I grew up hating them. And my dad, uh, he was indicted uh, three times in the state for murder, for grand larceny and some other thing. He beat all of those cases. But then in 66, they indicted him in federal court for masterminding a nationwide string of bank robberies, convicted and sentenced to 50 years. It was the longest sentence for a bank robbery conspiracy case ever given up to that point. Loses all his appeals in 1970, and they shipped him off to uh, Leavenworth Penitentiary to do his time. So I was, uh, you know, my dad wanted me out of this life. He didn't want me to get involved. I was actually a pre med student at uh, Hofstra University in Long Island. But when he went in, I was, you know, I was devastated. I mean, 50 years. He was 50 when he went in. Figure, you know, it's a death sentence. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Joe Colombo was very close to me at that time. He kind of took me under his wing. I started meeting a lot of my dad's friends. And I just lost interest in school. And I went to see my dad. You know, Mike, I'll never forget. I said, Dad, bank robbery? I mean, you know, what is this all about? And he looked at me and he said, son, I was framed. I'm innocent. I'm not a bank robber. And I believed him. And until this day, I'm telling you, my dad did 40 years on that, on that uh, sentence. And he did it uh, for a crime he didn't convict. My dad was no bank robber. And so I said, I got to hope it They got to get you for something. They got yeah. They they had gotta to get you for something. When they beat him, beat him, when they on you, they're on you. Yeah, he beat him so many times, I had to do something, you know. So, you know, at that point, we were in the penitentiary in Leavenworth, and he said, uh, look, if you're going to be on the street, I want you on the street the right way. And uh, it was at that point that he proposed me for membership in the family. <clears throat> and that's how things started, it kind of started for me. Wow. Now, listen, how old were you when wow. you became a made man? I was, uh, when I became a recruit, I was uh, 22. Yeah. And uh, I took the oath when I was 24, two years later. Oh, I said, listen, how do you, th- your mindset, like I'm, my mindset. Yeah.
1: So I'm a made guy in the neighborhood. Nobody could fuck with me, put their hands on me. But I could fuck with you. How do you do that? Look, my mentality. You know, I'm a young, 27 year old guy. Hey, I don't like this fucking guy, but I love his girlfriend. Kill that motherfucker. That's my main time. You know what I mean? If I want this, kill them. You know what I mean? If I want that fucking house, he has a been. Fuck him. If I was a mom, that's not, so. Does that that thought goes through your mind? You know, Mike, now, honestly, I got involved yeah. in a life really to help yeah. my,
0: my father. I mean, that was my whole motivation. Oh, right? see,
1: I would be so so self-absorbed
0: and stuff from the mob. If I was in the mob, I'd be so self-absorbed. Yeah, but you know what? It happens. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, it's a rush because, you know, you've got a ringside table. Wherever you go, people give you a lot of respect. And, you know, you try to carry yourself the right way. You don't want to abuse but that. How do you but- do?
1: You never had that before. And also, and boom, it's, not, it's never like this. I give you a little bit at a time.
0: Is it all at once, boom, you're made. Yeah, but understand, I grew up with it. You know, I mean, look, I, I spent my childhood in the Copacabana meeting everybody from Sinatra on down. Yeah. So, you know, my dad was that kind of a guy. I mean, when he walked into a place, I mean, he, he was he was a different guy. Respected. People really looked up to him. They really respected him. He carried himself well, and he was, he was a tough guy. I mean, there's no question about it, you know. So, I mean, I grew up around it, and I really admired and respected my dad. But when I got into the life... You know, I wanted to, number one, I wanted to get him out of prison, so I worked hard on that. And number two, honestly, I wanted to be the best possible mob guy I could be. So <laughs> what I, that 50. yeah, what did that mean? You know, in that life, you kind of make your own way. They had guys, I'll give you an example. We had, I took the oath uh, in 1975, right? On Halloween night, actually. There were wow. six of us that night that took the oath. And uh, we had 115 made guys, guys that actually took the oath. Out of the 115, 20 of us were earners. The other guys were just- That you means know, you bring in money. Yeah, we were earning. We were uh, earning I really gotcha. for everybody else. The other guys who got him a union job, who was doing a little bookmaking, you know, trying to scratch out a living. So I was determined to make money. And I had a head for business. And I used the life. I knew how to use the life to benefit me that way. So I took advantage of that. You know, and I got involved in a lot of different things. And, uh, you know, I, I, I came upon a scam. I'll tell you what happens, Mike. There was a guy, an guy, <laughs> Italian guy around me, right? He kept coming to me. He had a, a, gas, uh, a couple of gas stations on Long Island. He had, like, a, a wholesale operation. So he comes to me, and he says, Mike, he says, you know, I got these two guys from another family. They keep trying to extort me. He said, uh, you got to help me out because I was kind of the guy on the island when I moved out there. I did some research on this guy, and I found out that he had uh, testified in a case, a civil case, against the governor's brother at the time. So I didn't want to have anything to do with him, right? Uh. He kept coming back, kept coming back. He said to me, listen, if you help me out, I got a way to defraud the government out of some tax on gasoline. So he got my attention, right? I hated the government. So uh, I said, well, explain it to me. So he tells me this little thing. I said, all right, we're going to go into business together. I said, I want to form a new company. That's it. So I get rid of the two guys that were bothering him. I, I didn't get rid of You know, I made them go away. And uh, I put this guy, Vinny, around me. I had a guy around me. He was a big guy, right? He was a butcher, big scar across his head, a real,
2: right. you know. Gnarly.
0: Yeah, a real four-bar. I says, Vinny, watch this guy, Larry. Let's see if he's got something. Tell me what he's got. About two weeks later... He comes to my house on a Saturday. He used to bring me meat every Saturday. It was my butcher. And he's got a box on his shoulder. And I, he brings a doorbell. you hoping home. it's money, right? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm saying, what, what are we doing with all this meat? We are having a party or something? I don't know about it. He says, hey, chief, come into the kitchen. It ain't meat. Puts the box on the table. He opens it up. $320,000. He said, this is the first week's take in the gas business. Smelled like gasoline, right? I didn't care what it smelled like at that point, but... <laughs> He got my attention. So what happened, Mike, over the next eight years? I took that from 320,000 that week to uh, almost 10 million a week. We had about 350 gas stations. So how many
1: people were getting that money?
0: How many people did you have in your crew that was getting that money? Well, you know, I was supporting a lot of people, the guys at work, and I was kicking up to the family. I was giving them $2 million a week. You Whoa. know, you got $2 million a week, it buys a lot of loyalty, as you know. You yeah, know what I mean? Is, so
1: I was thinking, two, I was, hell yeah, I would say, go ahead, man, do what the fuck you want to do. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you
0: know. And so they made me a captain in 1980. They, they elevated me to that position. And I grabbed, uh, I got a, a deal with all the Russian guys out of Brighton Beach. You know, they were my partners, too. They were great partners. Mike,
2: you know, can I, I stop like. you real quick? What yeah. does it mean as a captain? Do you have people under you? Yeah. Like, that's what.
0: I'll tell you the rank. You got a boss, an underboss, a cop regime, you uh-huh. know, a Uh And a consigliere, rather, than a cop regime. The copper regime is a captain. And then the next official position is soldier. So uh-huh. when you come into the life, when you take the oath, you become a soldier. And then you, you either stay that way or you go up from there.
2: And when, when are you made? When are you a made guy? You know, listen. At I, any point?
0: I, no, no, no. You've got to you go. You can't and be a time, soldier. I'll tell you what
2: happened.
1: Well, my yeah.
0: dad sends me, I, I, now, Joe Colombo had been shot, if you remember. 73. 70. 70. Yeah, 71. Oh. And uh, Tom DeBello was the new boss. He took over. He's, he's dead now. And I sat with Tom, and he says, Mike, I got a message from your father. He said, you want to become a member of our life? Is that true? I said, yes. He said, here's the deal. From now on, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you're on call to serve this family. That means if your mother is sick and dying and you're at her bedside and we call you service, you leave your mother, you come and serve us. From now on, we're number one in your life. Mm. Before anything and everything. When and if we feel you deserve the privilege, the honor to become a member will let you know. Mm. And you're in a recruit period where you have to do anything and everything you're told to do to prove yourself worthy. And, you know, listen, people ask all the time, number one question, Mike, kill anybody. did you ever kill anybody? <laughs> <laughs> no. Two, I got three, three, three top questions. Number one, did you ever kill anybody? Number two, where's all your money buried? And number three, where's Jimmy Hoffa buried? <laughs> yeah, Those are the yeah. three top questions all the time. I can name them. Wherever I go, it doesn't matter. So, um, you know, after about two years, I proved myself worthy. And then we got called in on, it was Halloween night, 1975, in a, in a secure place in Brooklyn and we all took an oath.
2: Hmm. So then you became a captain.
0: I became a soldier when I when I uh, came in in 75. In 80 they elevated me to position of captain. Did your father okay.
1: know Luciano?
0: Yeah, oh yeah, your friend. Honey. Yeah, my dad, you know, 102 years old, he's the oldest living mob guy in the world. Well, you Not only born, your father. He was born in uh, 1917. Yeah. 1917.
2: Now, when you start figuring out because you could basically do anything as an earner. Yeah. you can make. It's just about how you make the money.
0: We couldn't get involved in drugs. Okay. At that time, we were told straight out, if you get involved with drugs, you die. It was, was hands-off. Now, were guys doing it? They were doing it on the side a little uh, bit. But, you, you know, it was it was crazy because I've I seen a lot of guys get killed over it.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, were you and John Gotti associates? I was friends with John. You know, John and I... Uh, I'll tell you about John. Why, why do we like him so much? No, I'm just talking about the, the psyche of the society. Why is he, he, like he out him? there so I think, number one, because he, he made no bones about who he was. I'm a mob guy. I'm going to die a mob guy. I don't want to be anything else. That's it. So he was true to that. And the way he carried himself. You know, he just uh, he became a media star, you know, and he kept beating the government. And you know what I mean? But uh, socially, he was great. At a, a good times, we'd meet in clubs all the time. Business, he was very hard to deal with, very hard. But, you know, we got along. We had a few scrapes, he and I, but uh, I like him. I like his family. I still know his family. Were you all locked up at the same time? Yeah, we were. You're, were you locked up in the same place You
1: see each other, play cards. We played cards. Yeah. yeah. We were We, were, we were in MDC together. We were waiting trial. Yeah. Were you ever locked up with Sammy? I was, yeah. In the same place, touching distance? Yeah. Yeah, what was that yeah. like?
0: You know, I, I always say this. On John Gotti's worst day, he was a better guy than Sammy yeah. you know, on his worst day. I mean, I wasn't a fan of his. He had kind of a Napoleon complex, and it was a small guy, and he was just very arrogant. So a lot of people didn't get along with him, you know. I mean, he was a different crew than me, but we, we still didn't get along. But I'll tell you this, Mike. I don't know how you feel about it, but here's a guy that admitted to 19 murders, and the government makes a deal with him and puts him back out on the street. I mean, this is the when United they want States. It, they they're, they're not want supposed they to do him. stuff. When like they that. want to, they want to. Yeah, but uh, I mean, come on. Nineteen murders. You make a deal with a guy like that and put him back on the street. And You know what he was doing? Then it's he got dope, involved in ecstasy yeah, in a club that I was involved with on, on in Sunset Phoenix? Boulevard. No, the Key Club. Yeah, I know yeah, the Key Club. club. You remember the Key Club? The key, yeah. yeah, Sunset. I was involved with that, and he was. They were selling ecstasy in the club. He just got out about a year ago, I think. Oh, Sammy. Yeah. He's still here on the street now. He's out. Yeah. Yeah,
2: is the idea of you know letting a guy like that out, letting him come back to society, is the idea that you're getting something bigger in return? Like, what is the the
0: psychology of that of that system? They needed Gotti. I mean, they wanted him, and he beat them so many times. He was you know, dumbing his nose in their face, and they wanted him, and they were willing to make a deal with anybody, mm. really. Yeah. You know, you know what happened? I'll tell you what happened in our life. There was, uh, there was a lot of respect. There was also a lot of fear. Mm. What happened in our life, when guys on the street started fearing the government more than they were fearing our life, and, yeah. that's when everybody started flipping and turning. and it was, it was unbelievable. When did that change happen? Really in the 80s, mm. you know, when they started using that racketeering law. I mm. was in the next cell with Sammy. And I'll never forget. He was. Uh, we were in NDC, and we were talking through the, uh, you know, through the air conditioning vent—not air conditioning, whatever it was—in the—in the floor, because you couldn't talk at a wall there. But we uh. were talking, and for some reason, he didn't sound right to me. You know, just things were not sounding the right the way he was talking. And then they came and took him away. Not too long after that. Uh. But you know, I kind of resent this because people say, "Oh, the younger guys really couldn't stand up like the older guys." But my answer to that, you know, 30, 40 years ago, you got 10 years, you got 15 years. Anybody sure. can do that. You do seven, eight years, you get out on parole, you go back to your life. Today, they hit you with a RICO charge. It's 60 years. You, got, yeah. you got 20 years right off the bat, no more parole, meaning you're doing 17 and a half sure. minimum. And if you get 20 on a RICO, case, you're lucky. Mm-hmm. I was facing 150 years. Wow. 100, and they would have gave me every bit of it. Because when I was in MDC, I'm watching these guys going to trial. Mike, they're coming back three hundred years, ninety years. I said, "Man, I'm the youngest guy. They're going to give me five thousand years. Here. I'll never get out of jail." But you know, I took my shot anyhow. I mean, I, I, I took a plea and, and I did my time. But fortunately, uh, I beat him a couple of times, so they wanted a conviction on me. But that's why guys didn't stand up. Nobody stands up. It's very hard. You know, you know, one guy that stood yeah. up, my dad. Hmm. My dad didn't give him five million years. He's, he's never saying a word to anybody. He was that kind of a guy.
1: Why do you think hey, why do you think is um why do you think it's necessary for people need to live that life? They need to make sure that they feel that somebody I'm not doing this call, I don't care they can kill me. Why do you think they have to have that mentality? To be part of that life? Yeah. No, it's that mentality. Like some people that's not even part of life that's like that. Why would why would somebody want to do something like that?
0: You mean to be involved in a life or to be an informant? No. Don't give a fuck. I don't care if they give me 100 years. You know, there's just... Uh, a, lot,
1: a lot of people say but a lot of people are not like that. No, then no, you, no. Then you meet one real guy that's like that.
0: Yeah, and that's my dad. Well, Persico Jr., my yeah. former boss. I mean, these guys, they're just, they're old-time guys. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, I'll, I'll, I'll die in jail. That's it. My dad, my dad, the worst thing you could ever call him is a snitch or an informant. You can call him, any, never that. He, he just can't accept it. It's not part of his mentality. Why do you think
1: people take the lifestyle? That lifestyle gave them honor, you believe? So that's why they think Mm. it's so sincere. Yeah. As we head into the back half of the NFL season, it's always a bittersweet moment. It's hard to believe half the season's
2: over. But the good news is there's even better football on the horizon. The NFL playoff push, college football playoff arguments, and soon enough, bowl season. So if you're looking to get excited, make BetDSI.com your betting partner. That's right, Mike. And it couldn't be any easier because new members at BetDSI get 100% bonus match using promo code Tyson101.
1: Whoa, that's pretty awesome, man. You can use your sports knowledge to make some extra cash.
2: And who couldn't use a little extra cash? Make a little bread while watching TV. They have the fastest payouts in the industry. Simply play, win, and get paid. Wow! New members get
1: 100% bonus match using promo code Tyson101. That's double your money to
2: start winning today. Once again, go to betdsi.com and use promo code Tyson101 and get this limited time 100% bonus offer to get yourself paid. do only a game until you bet it.
0: Bet DSI. <laughs> Hey, Mike, you know what the best thing that happened to that life on the street, the movie the Godfather yeah i 'm mm. telling you i was I was younger then. it was in my it was in the '70s, but you know Joe Colombo was involved in that movie I, I remember oh really oh yeah, he actually edited the script oh wow he took the original script, had the the word mafia all over it, he took it out, he made mm. changes in it, and they had no choice. they had to do it. But after that movie came out, guys started to walk differently. They mm. started to dress differently. And people treated them differently. They treated them differently, yeah. Listen, um, mm. I
1: can remember being black and from Browns, being a mafia guy, that's fucking like God. You can get away with anything. Mm. The cops fucking was nice. You never got a ticket. The cops brought you presents, brought you tea, a the cops. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nice. True. Yeah. All, true. all we- the celebrities, all the fuck, the vans, all the big kind of guys respect you. They right. do business with you. Yeah. They don't know your fucking name or anything. That's the truth. They don't, you, you don't even meet them. You meet their fucking boys. They, their business partners, their lawyers do business with you. That's the know? truth. Imagine living that yeah. life. That's all everybody, the Irish guys, all those guys, they wanted to be involved. Everybody wanted to be involved with the mob. They had a history of that. You're going to make some money being involved with these Italians. Mm. They're going to get you money, and you ain't going to go to jail either.
0: And the reason for that, you know, the reason for that, you know, there's these other groups out there, but if you take the drug business away from them, they all collapse. Yeah. And I'm not knocking, I'm just saying that's the truth. Yeah. But with us, we survived and prospered for well over 100 years under some very tough conditions. The reason for that, we infiltrated every fabric of society from the White House right down to the guy on the street in the numbers business. Mm. We control the unions in this country. Mm. You control the unions, you control the country. Because you got all that money behind you for political purposes to buy your way into things. you got everybody at your beck and call. You call not shit built. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you can't did. get
1: shit built, man. They're building every day. Ten millions of times, you can't get nothing built. The, the country stops. We stops. stop eating yeah. everything. Yeah. You don't want the country to stop. It's a motherfucker. You, you call, call a strike to to slave with the teamsters? he would be on slavery.
0: <laughs> you call uh, a strike with the teamsters, you got two and a half million truck drivers. Stop. Yeah you call a strike at the docks nothing comes in and out of the country that's tremendous control
2: yeah definitely wow um, so take us back into you became a captain you're earning a lot a lot of money a lot of income for the family what so what are the businesses then
0: what are what are your options what did you do well, you know, like I said, I had a head for legitimate. But look, I had a gambling operation. I had uh-huh. 12 or 13 bookmakers working for me, you know. And the reason for that, if there's a bookmaker on the street, we're not going to allow him to operate unless he's kicking down yeah. to us. So uh, they're uh, always Yeah. So we had, we had <laughs> a obvious, bunch so of bookmakers. That's cool,
1: that's, that's cool yeah. stuff. That's rational thinking, you know? Yeah, because, look, in that world, that's rational thinking. Yeah, that's right. why would you be on my corner? This is where I make my money. It's my family Let that. Why would you be here selling money and we're not getting a part of it? Mm-hmm. Mike understands. That's, yes. that's the way it yeah. went.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, and yeah. and uh, you know, I had a head, we had the union. I had a lot of union control too. At one time, I, you know, I had the uh, security guards union with me. We had the security guards in nine nuclear power plants around the country. Whoa. So nine nuclear power plants were controlled by a mob-controlled union. Wow. You know, I don't know if you know the deal, but with a nuclear power plant, after it shuts down, you have to have security there for 100 years. Whoa. That's the law. Even after it shuts down, they don't use it anymore because, of you know, it's toxic and
2: all Are that stuff. Active.
0: So, you know, I had, I had some union control, and, um, you know, I had a lot of legitimate business. I had a bunch of car dealerships. I had a leasing company. What kind of cars you sold? I had Mercedes, and I had uh, Chevrolet, and Mazda. I had a big leasing company, so we were doing that. And um, I had a production company out in L.A. We were making movies. And, you know, you got a couple of restaurants, and you got a piece of stuff, because guys are coming to you all the time. They're looking for money, so you give them a few bucks, you take a piece of the business, and that's how it goes. And I was very aggressive, so I had a lot of stuff going on back mm-hmm. then. Did you ever meet the guy, the Iceman? I never met him. I, I, cruder, yeah, but. he was. He was around us. Um, I, you know what, Mike? I don't think I met him. I, I really don't. I but huh. around you, didn't yeah, and out. I didn't know at the time. You know, sometimes you don't talk about a certain guy, but yeah. What did your father think about Capone? He, he didn't think real highly of him. That's weird. Yeah, he really didn't. And uh, you know, Capone came out of New York. You, you know Yeah, he came out of Brooklyn too.
1: Yeah, he Brooklyn didn't. wasn't that tough. No. Tough in Brooklyn. They had to leave Brooklyn
0: after we moved to Chicago. Right. Yeah, that's right. Oh, interesting. Magnet. Like, no, yeah. Right.
2: How, how far back? What's the lineage? How old is is the mob? It's the beginning of time. Ancient,
0: right? Mark mafia yeah.
2: started in Italy with the
1: French. But imagine um, it had to have been back then with Hannibal during that time, too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like how, do you not, how do you not
1: have secret societies When you have civilizations right. Right?
0: Way back And then you know They immigrated here to America And it started in the early 1900s oh. 1900 I don't know American,
1: American mafia and stuff Yeah It's American But it's been, it hasn't been going on Since the beginning of time Yeah And how could it not be going on I'm pro- probably big business is the mafia now Corporate America's mafia now. If you don't do yeah. this, we sell you out. We'll crush you. We starve you out. If you don't take this deal,
0: Same same Machiavellian thought process. Yeah, exactly. yeah.
2: What is the state of it now in two thousand nineteen? You know, it
0: still exists. Uh-huh. It's it's certainly not going away in, in my lifetime, but it's not the same. Huh. It's really not. You know, the, the government did a, I guess you got to say a good job starting in the eighties, and I, I give Giuliani to credit or blame. He, he, he,
1: he put the last
0: dirt yeah. in coffin. He really started to use the, the racketeering laws effectively. It was him. So, you know, he, he put... them pretty much, huh? Yeah. yeah. He, he uh, you know, and he was Italian, too. He just, uh, he gave the story that he visited Joe Bonanno and he got insulted over Bonanno's book that he wrote that time, so he decided to go after the mob. But I believe, you know, that was, uh, he came down from Washington to become the U.S. Attorney in Manhattan, so high profile, uh-huh. And he picked the biggest high-profile uh, organization. He went after the mob and made headlines, and it, it was good for his career.
2: Huh. Now, is a guy like Giuliani in danger of you know, having a hit put on him or anything like that? You know,
0: in, in our life, we really didn't go after law enforcement. Really, uh. it's different. Italy, uh, they kill everybody, family, uh, government, they don't care. But well. <laughs> Yeah, they, they don't care. As a matter of fact, they wanted me to do a book signing in, in Italy, and I said, you guys are out of your mind. You get a body double or something, I ain't going to Italy because they, they don't care over there. But um, we never did that. But the one guy, there was two guys that were high profile like that that there was a hit on, and or they were thinking about it. One was Giuliani. And the other, believe it or not, was Geraldo Rivera. Holy. Really? God. Yes. And I told him this when I, he interviewed me once. I said I was on Hannity with him. Oh, my God. He almost died. Mike, book. he almost died. Yeah. I told him off camera. I said there was two guys, Geraldo, that, that we really hated. One was Giuliani and the other was you. And he turned white.
2: Oh, Sure. What? I'm I said, sure. okay
0: now I said they're dead so they ain't gonna hurt you but Gerardo uh, so, De- Rivera tried so hard when
1: he was coming up and he had his show he just wanted to be accepted so he went to the crowd to love him so bad yeah. he just wanted everybody
2: yeah he was uh, yeah
0: he was. He made his name on uh, the empty uh, <sighs> safe remember Al Capone. Capone safe yeah Al Capone yeah
2: is that just because you didn't want the if anything you would have wanted to work with law enforcement as much as possible yeah you well, you know what happened you know
0: it, there's so many guys look we, we had five families in New York, and among all the five families, we had about seven hundred and fifty guys that took the oath actually took the oath. We had a lot of associates, but there were so many of us that we had so many relationships we I had cousins that were cops, uh-huh yeah you know we had yeah. neighbors that were cops, so we were able to get around them, they liked us, you know. So we were able to move around pretty good. Well, you know, it was
1: um, they did the scientific um, study, and they realized that a a cop um, psychology and a criminal psychology is pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean? They're pretty much the same.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah, you got to have a certain mentality to be part of that. I mean, look.
2: Yeah, well, that brings me to um, my next question: Is you cross paths with uh,
0: Donnie Brasco? Yeah. What was that? I talked to him on the phone before. Was that like
1: yeah? My friend was FBI was friend with him. I talked to him.
0: Well, I was friends with with Lefty. Uh, you know his main guy there. Rogerio, yeah. right? Ruggiero. Yeah, Rogerio. Yeah. He was. Uh, by the way, a awesome great movie. great movie. Amazing movie. Amazing. The best. I made, think that Pacino, the, the guy Lefty, they made everybody fall in love with Lefty. That was Pacino's best role. Yeah, that's oh, so was good better in the Godfather.
2: Yeah, so good. Yeah, so Lefty. So good.
0: But uh, so I, I crossed paths with him because they were from Greenpoint, too. Once or twice in that life. I always tease him now. Nah. I said, man, I'm so glad I didn't do business with you. But <laughs> I've done a few things with him afterwards, you know. And, I went,
1: uh, I went, like, I, went, I said, man, didn't you feel sorry about Lefty, man? That's what I said. Didn't you feel sorry about him, man? He said, yeah.
0: He did, yeah. Him and Sonny Black. He said he felt bad, but, you know, he had to do what he had to do. Yeah. Because, you know, Lefty didn't get killed over that. But Sonny oh. Black did. Oh, wow. Yeah, in the movie where it shows him taking off his stuff like he was going to get killed. He died in natural causes, but Sonny Black got killed
2: over Donnie Brasco. I'm glad they left it in.
0: Yeah. Wow.
2: How, was that a one-in-a-million thing, or did that happen a lot? I got I got... No, it
0: didn't happen a lot. Yeah. I mean, they, they just didn't do their homework on him. You know? mm. They really didn't. I mean, you've got to go back. You know, I don't know if you noticed, know Mike. They had a big undercover investigation on me to get Don King. Yeah. It was called shadow boxing. Really? Yeah. I'll tell you how it happened. That would have been so fucking interesting. No, I'll I, I tell you, Don, he's pretty smart, though. They, they, uh, they send these two guys to me, and they told me they want to get into it. One was an undercover FBI agent. The other was around Muhammad Ali, the guy by the name of Reggie. I forget his last name. They took him out of prison because he knew the boxing game. And they come to me, and they say, look, we got money. We want, want to get into, get into the boxing. Out they let him out of prison. They let him out of prison. They said, we want to be in the boxing game, but we want to go at the high level. I said, well, who do you want to meet? They said, Don King. So I, I romanced these guys for about six or seven months before I would bring them to Don. I get a whole Al Sharpton. Who was running with us at the time? And I said, Al, you got to show him some
1: stuff too. Remember, yeah. they
0: showed him and he had the cowboy hat on, Remember sitting down with the undercover yeah, yeah. FBI? Those were the two guys. Yeah. Yeah. Those <laughs> were the two guys. Because they, they posed as uh, drug dealers from, from South, South America that cleaned, cleaned up the drug. rack. So I tell him, I said, look, I'm not going to bring you the king unless I see the money. So the FBI sets in a bank account up, and they, put, they show that they got $15 million in a bank. So Sharpton sets up the meeting with Don. And uh, we go to see him. Before I let these two guys in the room, I go see Don. I said, Don, listen, I only traced these guys six or seven months. I verified the money. But at this table, don't say anything out of the way. Talk straight. Tell them how the business runs. Do everything legit, right? And he does. He doesn't say anything wrong. He does everything right. <laughs> and um, we walk out of the room. And now I'm getting them. I say, you got to put up the money. And the FBI wouldn't allow them to go that far. And then the whole thing fell apart after that. But, but uh, yeah, they...
1: What do they do? They ask, um, just fucking look at some papers and say, let's get in there.
0: What do they do? They just start these... Inv- they pick something up. They start an investigation. They see where it leads. That's mm. it.
2: Mm. So that wasn't... You never heard of another instance of a guy infiltrating or...
0: You know, not to the level that that uh, Piston did. No, I mean like he was. The I mean, people
1: tried to become turncoats and got yeah. messed
0: up. I mean, they did your would, father tell you about um, the Relish
1: guy that fell out the window? Who? You remember that time, Kid Relish? Remember the guy that was? Um, oh,
0: A. B. Relish. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. They threw the him out. father told what, you about those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Murder yeah. Incorporated yeah. and all that stuff. Oh yeah. No, but with uh, I mean Piston, they were gonna. They wanted him to kill somebody. They were gonna bring him on a hit, and they were gonna make him. Yeah. They were gonna straighten him out. Uh, I mean, he got that far, and obviously they had to stop at that point. But he got that far. Wow! They really accepted him. Sonny Black, I heard, loved him. Wow! So tell me, do you have some people that are just
1: born enforcers that in, and get involved with them all? The they just want to embrace yeah. it. Sean, there, there was guys there that Roy DeMayo, Did you know him? I knew Roy. Yeah. Was he really that kind of guy? He was, yeah. Wow, that's interesting. How Great. violent
0: was it? How prevalent was the violence? Tell them about Roy Demayo and stuff. Roy Demayo, yeah, he, he was. Uh, his crew was the Wild Crew. I mean, mm-hmm. they they chopped up bodies. They put people in cement. I mean, they They went the whole distance. Yeah, they're touching these people, cutting yeah. them
1: up. Was, that's yeah. their oh. guts and everything.
0: And Greg oh. Greg Scarpa was a guy with us. They call him the Grim Reaper. He was another guy that um, he was tough to be around. You know, he had that kind of. A cloud over him. You know what I mean, Mike? Captain it's kind of like... Death star. aura. Yeah. Well, yeah. Actually trying to... What you say, right? Be careful with anybody yeah. outside the crew what they say. Yeah. 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 He was kind of one of those guys. You know, I had, a, I had an incident where uh, some Newsday article came out, paper on Long Island, and they said that I was making billions of dollars. <laughs> so the boss, Persico at the time, was kind of questioning me. He says, Mike, what's, what's going on? They're saying you're making billions. I said, Junior, I'm giving you $2 million a week. You're not happy? I said, I'm taking all the risk. It's everything here. So one night, they, I walked into a, a, a room. I didn't think I was going to walk out again. I'll be Whoa. honest with you. It was kind of that death walk for me. And people have said to me, why didn't you cut and run? It was almost, it was robotic. Right. It wasn't like, you know, I'm a macho guy. It was just, hey, if this is it, this, this is, is it. it. Because where am I going to run, right? right? What happened? Well, I'm here, right? so it was all right. But no, they started questioning me about money and grilling me with my Russian partners because, you know, they had tried to go to my Russian partners to see, and, and they were pretty loyal to me. So they told them, "No, everything's on the up and up." So they were trying. I was a younger guy; they were trying to scare me a little bit at that point, make sure they knew that who they were the boss and so on and so forth. Because I was, you know, I had a pretty big crew at the time. So, a little jealous too. A little jealous. I did not want to say it, but you, you know how it jealous. goes and that yeah, in that uh, life. A lot but of um, killed be because of jealousy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot. Of, a
1: lot of guys went down for the wrong reason. Imagine you see a guy that started out. Um, you started out before him. He was a fucking guy hanging out in the cold. Next thing you know, he got a fucking club. He got a business. He got all these fucking bitches on him, yeah. and nice cars and stuff. And you started before me. He was here before him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because you know when I started, you know, I mean, I had a jet plane. I had my own uh, helicopter. You know, I was driving all the guys around. When you
1: know, it all started from nothing. Now he got that.
0: Yeah. Envy is starting
1: to go on in And the old
0: timers They kind of resent that a little uh-huh. I was a
1: younger guy You know yeah. They kind of resent it So, so you always had to guy? be careful Oh God Imagine um, The old man Who's the guy that used to be With Luciano and all those guys Carlo Gambino He must have hated your guys boy. Uh, you know, I didn't want to hate look at your guys were so out there. He was always the quiet guy, he must have hated your guys showing up. Yeah, them all he that he,
0: stuff. he was a guy that, you know, the money's under the mattress and I'm just the uh, salesman and nothing. He didn't want to be by he was he was that kind of Did very you know low key guy. I know and those guys. Yeah. yeah. In Philly and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I knew a lot of the Philly they guys. They were fly guys. We all respected those guys yeah. too. Yeah, Philly I uh, spent a lot of time there. Upstate New York, you know, Russ Waffle, you know, the, the movie that's coming out now is all about uh, the, the one that uh, Scorsese did with Netflix. Irishman. Yeah, The Irishman. Oh, oh, yeah. It's Who's gonna be the Irishman? It's going to be a good movie. That's the guy that uh, allegedly, you know, killed Hoffa.
1: All right.
0: Huh. So he wrote a book and, uh, and they're doing a the movie. Everybody's in it now. It's going to be a good movie, no doubt. Oh, Scorsese always comes through. Yeah.
2: Who would you guys kill and why would they be killed?
0: Well, you're told straight out. Obviously, you turn snitch, you're dead. Uh-huh. You get involved with drugs, you're dead. You dishonor another man's wife well, or do you, daughter. How do,
1: you, how do you, if somebody say a lie to you, how do you get out of a lie? How do you prove this
0: guy's lying? You, a lot of times you got to lie to prove that you're innocent. <sighs> yeah. You know, you I mean,
1: they prove it. How can you, how can you-
0: well, you know, here's the here's <laughs> thing. You know, when you sit down with another made guy, we have a sit-down or we have a dispute, right? You're a made guy, I'm a made guy. If I call you a liar, I lose the argument. At the table, you always had to be respectful. You couldn't call somebody else a liar. You had to try to outsmart them to win your point. Because mm. if you break the rules at the sit-down, you, you lose automatically. So you had to you had to learn how to be very cagey and very technical, not to fall into a trap, not to let somebody get you so upset that you lose so your you telling name. Me, are you telling me,
1: um, what's this guy name, the Anastasia guy, what's his name, Albert? You told me Albert Anastasia
0: talked down and had a decent conversation with a person. can't do it at the table, I'm telling you. Oh, you now, see? maybe if you're the boss, you do what you want, but you're not supposed to. Really? Yeah, you can't. It's I can't imagine this guy and, not yelling at somebody. I know. From
1: everything. Wow.
0: And if you yell, you're going to yell in private. Yeah? You know, there was a lot of times when another made guy, I called him every name under the sun. But if we were with people, never. But uh. it was just me and him in the room, because then i call him a liar, he calls me a liar, we each deny it, there's no problem. But you can't do it in front of another guy.
2: It's all honor and respect. And that's respect. been that way
0: since the beginning? Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah.
1: Even more so among the old timers than now. Did they like Luciana? Did your father like Luciana? Yeah,
0: my, okay. my dad liked him, yeah. Like Lucky, liked... Uh, How did he feel about the Jews and stuff in the game? He, liked, he, liked, he knew Lansky, liked yeah. him. Yeah, he told me about him. He thought he was a, a very quiet guy, Lansky. very reserved. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad, you know, he's so old, he knew everybody. What was it that got you into prison? I ended up... Uh, they took me to trial four times. Mm-hmm. Giuliani tried me on a big case. I beat all four cases. Wow. And after I, they were coming after me on the on the gas business, and my partner was turning informant. He got locked up on another case. They pulled him out. Of, we had a compound in Panama, and uh, we were actually paying Noriega for stuff. Wow! And so when he he went on trial for some other deal that he had, and halfway through the trial, he says to me, "I'm not going to jail." He says, "We got a compound. I'll run everything from there." So he leaves. He goes to Panama because at that time there was no extradition between Panama and the United States. But you know what the feds did? They went in there in the middle of the night, and they kidnapped him and brought him back to Florida. Put him on a plane, broke the door down in his house, pulled him out, put him on a plane, brought him to to Florida. As soon as he got there, he started flipping on me. So I knew I'd have a problem with the gas case. So after I beat Giuliani's case, I had leverage with the government because they wanted a conviction. So I made a deal. I got a 10-year sentence. I had a $20 million restitution. I had to give up the plane, the helicopter, and I went and did my time. But... Um, what year was that? That was in... Uh, I took the plane 85. Oh. And I did eight years on, on the uh, 10, which was maximum. But um, I just knew that the life was in trouble. Oh. I said, forget it. I get it convicted here you on know something, they're going to give me 100 years. I'm dead. So I had a shot to do it, and I said, let me take my chance. I'd rather do a couple of years in jail... And come out and at least have a life. And I was still a young guy, you know, at that point. So.
1: Do families have fights? Like, say, um, the Gambino family and the Lucchese. do they ever
0: have wars with each no. other? No. That stuff ended back in the 30s and the 40s. Yeah. Whenever no there's a war. with each other, right? No. It's always a civil war. It's always within the family. Huh. You know power usually who's going to be the boss, and never with we- another family no, anymore. never with another family, at least not in the last fifty sixty years but um we had, we had a we were a pretty rough family in that regard we we're always killing each other always
2: so the the stuff the the stuff between family members that was all somebody lied to somebody. Or dishonored. Business or dispute. You know, you're in problems. my
0: territory. This belongs to me, and you shouldn't be involved. You know, the deal I had with oh. Gotti, we got involved in a flea market, believe it or not, which was big business in New York. <laughs> I don't know if you remember. in Brooklyn, Big business, right? So I had a guy in there. He was an accountant, and uh, he had two partners. One of the partners was, uh, he was a drug addict, and he was selling drugs in a flea market. So a guy comes to me. He says, Mike, if you get rid of this guy for me, I'll give you a piece of the market. I said, okay. So we chased the guy out of the market. About a week later, I get a call from John. He's Michael. You know that kid is with me. I said, John, how's he with you? He never mentioned your name. He's dealing drugs. You're not supposed to be doing that. We threw him out. No, he's with me. I know him a long time. He only made a mistake with the drugs. He's not really a drug addict. I said, okay. I just look at his arm, you know. But anyway, so we have this whole big dispute over it. You know, we had to sit down with the boss and everything. So what I said, I said, look, I can never get along with John in business. I said, so I'm going to ask him to buy me out, knowing that John would never take that. I don't buy you. You don't buy me out. I buy you out. So at the end of the day. Did he have a big ego? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh Yeah. He really did, Mike. I got to say it. I mean, look, I admired the guy. I'm not (laughs) talking negative about him, but he had a big ego. Tell me what he used to say. Did he say, me, me, me? Yeah, yeah. He was uh, awful. Yeah, he he was, uh, but he was fun to be around, you know. I mean, he was good that way. But uh, so he ended up buying me out of the market, and and he took it over, and they collapsed about three months later. But uh, they probably took everything in the market and brought it home, you know. Who knows?
2: But it got a little sketchy for a minute.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But again, it was never like... Did I you ever meet Carlo Gambino? Right, right. I met him when I was a kid. Because yeah. Carlo died in 75, 75. But I met him with my dad. Yeah, yeah, 76, somewhere around there. But yeah. Well,
2: from the outside quiet. from the outside in, it can feel like every moment is, like, is a life and death moment. Yeah, and the I moment. never know. Is it that way? Life Does it feel that, that way life. when you're in it? Or are you just accustomed to the stakes
0: so you don't think about it that way? Well, you do at times, you know. You, you look—you always have to be a, a little bit on edge. Not—I don't—I don't know if that's the right word. You got to be on your guard always, because yeah. you know if you make a mistake, especially if guys are gunning for you. Like I said, I'm a younger guy. I'm making all right. of this money. You know, like my boss kept wanting me to introduce. My guy, Larry, to him, the guy I was partners with, and I would refuse. I said, look, I don't know if this guy is going to stand up. If I bring him around everybody and he goes bad, I'm going to be in trouble for it. So I said, I'll keep him with me. And that was a good excuse so they could never meet him because I know why they want to meet him. Yeah, Yeah, at some point in time, they they take him from me. You know, they take him away from me. Mm -hmm. But but, uh, so you always got to be watching yourself. You know you can't make a mistake because you pay with your life. So you got to be very careful. Bro. And uh, you know, I'm that way even till to now. I Bro. mean, I'm uh, walking you must down the street.
1: one of them. Can I talk to you for a minute, please? Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know,
0: yes. I must have been a trip, You please. don't want anybody Can talking I talk to you. Talk to you for a minute,
1: please, Mike. Yeah, that's some crazy
0: yeah. shit. I I never mean, know what's gonna happen. Yeah. Man. Look, I had a good guy around me that I knew all my life, and uh, he was involved in it. In he got involved in a case with the boss's son. It was a drug case, and so he came to me. And he said, "Mike, they're going to kill me over this." Mm. I said, "They ain't going to kill you. They're not going to." He said, "No, they you're going to make me take the weight because the boss's son is not going to go down for this." Mm. I said, "Tony, don't worry about it. I'm going to straighten it out." Before I could straighten it out, he ended up killing himself. That's how scared he was. Oh. He, was get, he blew his brains out in a, in a phone booth. Wow. I was like stunned. So I mean, you know, you 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 know, you got to be on your god. You can't let your god down. You can't make mistakes that you know could be very costly. Mm. I'll tell you something that, that'll shock you. It should. In 1986, they wrote an article in Fortune magazine, the 50 biggest and most powerful mob bosses in the country. It was a huge, I was half the magazine, and they featured six of us. I was one of the six. They had a chart with the 50 of us on there according to rank and wealth and power and all that. Now I was number 18. I was the youngest guy on the list. Gotti at that time was number 13. He hadn't been made boss yet. And don't ask me how they make a list like that. I mean, right. you ask for a tax return, right? It was stupid. It was yeah. all nonsense. But it sold a lot of magazines. But here's with not nonsense. Out of that list of 50, 33 years later, 48 of them are dead. Wow. One of them right now is doing life in prison, and I'm the only one that's walking the streets. Wow. So that's the kind of life that is. Right. 48 guys dead in 33 years. That's a lot. Wow. But then again, I go from, I'm from
1: Brooklyn, I go like this. I look at it like this. I wasn't going nowhere anyway. Where was I going? You know? Yeah. Where was I going anywhere? I was going to die rotten on the neighborhood, on a fucking bench, doing nothing. It's dying in my sleep one day. or die just walking down the stairs. You know, what was I doing? I had a chance to fuck girls I would have never fucked before in my life. Have living houses I would have never lived in my house. Drive cars I never would have drove in my house. Be respected by people who would never respect me if I wasn't in this business. That's That's the truth.
0: That's worth my life.
1: I give Me, Mike, that's that's worth my life. That's the truth. You know,
0: I always say, if you're a part of that life and you die of old age and you die free, you've really accomplished something. It's a tough life. And Mike, you know, I mean, you're a survivor. Come on, no doubt about that. You get through all of that stuff. I do not
1: knock those guys because I know what they're facing if they don't get involved with this.
0: Mm.
1: Listen, yeah. I, don't, I don't like to say stuff, and stuff. but from my perspective, this is always going to be better than this. Yeah. Something's going to be always better than nothing. How you gonna? How the hell are you going to stop? This is nothing. No respect. People disrespect your mother in front of you, your wife, your sister in front of you. This is nothing. No one that carry your parents' bags. They walk them upstairs. They
0: help them. Mm. Which life do you want? yeah he's right look you come into that life they tell you listen wherever you go around the world you're gonna have somebody to back you up nobody's Mm -hmm. gonna have a screw with your mother your sister your brother you you got brothers all over the world how do you compete with that oh you're a big strong guy they could check that real easy they don't need a bully it's a bat
2: yeah you know makes sense
0: Makes sense hey, to me. I, I do a lot now with, with professional sports. Yeah. You, I wanted you, to get you, to that. You, you uh, interviewed Nick Saban, didn't you? Yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah. be there Friday. Oh, I'm my God. I'm awesome. speaking to the team. I'm speaking to the team. I'll awesome. tell you what I do. I talk to them about gambling. They were very worried about gambling.
2: Yeah. Very I remember, I played oh, yeah. football. I remember those talks all the time.
0: Did I? Who'd you play for?
2: I played for Arizona Wildcats for college, and then I played for the Jaguars and the Bears. Oh, okay.
0: Well, I I don't think I've
2: I don't think to you me. came and spoke to us, no. but we definitely had the gambling talk. So I was gonna. I was curious. That's what you talk about with them. Yeah,
0: gambling and relationships. Who okay. they hang out with, and just, yeah. just give them life lessons. You know, because a lot of these guys think they're invincible. Yeah. So here's what I do. I tell tell the guy, because I did over 300 colleges, right? I go to all the university, football team, but a lot of times all the student athletes. But I said, look, I want the biggest guys in the front row. Biggest guys, all the linemen, all the biggest guys. And then I'll get through and I'll go to one guy. I said, hey, you, big guy, right? Six foot nine, like you. Yeah. Big. I said, stand up. And they look at me. I said, stand up. What are you three times my size? Stand (laughs) up, right? So they get up. And I said, man, I wouldn't mess with you on the field. I said, you'd tear me up. I said, forget about it. I said, but I want to tell you this. And I'll put a little line down there. I said, you cross over that line. You come into my world. Ooh. And I said, then I'll eat you. I'm going to make a sissy out of you. Yeah, well, fuck that, And man. I got to tell you, Mike, they, like, look around, and it's silence in the room. I said, now sit down. And they sit down. And, you know, because, look, you got... You got to make an impression with them because yeah. gambling, it fucks you up, man. I, I got to tell you, it's, oh, I've yeah. seen so many guys get destroyed over it. Yeah. Yeah. You know it. And Mike, you know deal. it too.
1: Yes. And I was in the house. I was training for a fight one day so they didn't want me to be out the of strip. They didn't want me in the hotel so they put me yeah. in this big mansion, right? And I said to them, I said, wow, I like this house. <laughs> I like to buy this house. And I, said, I was saying, um, how much is this house? And he said, well, we don't know right now because we just got it from somebody that had the debt to the hotel. You know what I mean? So oh, he just wow. lost his house. He just lost his house. So so we have to they we talk to the hotel house. yeah you have to talk to the hotel now the hotel owns the house now so we right. talk to the guy <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we had to talk to the hotel to buy the house
2: did you buy the house <laughs> they wouldn't want to sell no them. no they didn't sell it to me luckily gambling was never something I was that interested in no it wasn't it was never, I was. To me. it was not attractive to me at I used all. to see
1: my friends you know and they're little guys little entertainers right they're losing so much they're so meek I try to give them a stop they want to fight me they never, they never yeah. had a mean bone in their body yeah yeah, and it's just oh, so
0: busy. <laughs> it's just awesome. Well, you know, we had, we had guys from, i would be honest, from the Jets and, you know, a lot of the local teams gambling with I'm us. i sure. I get sure. a bookmaker calling me up. This is back in the 80s now. He said, Mike, so-and-so, player, he's into us for 200 grand. Should I cut oh, him off? I said, why would you cut him off? You're writing it down on a piece of paper. I said, let him get into you for a half a million and oh. then bring him to me. And. For sure they would. So they'd come in. I said, I said, sit down. I said, uh, you owe me some money. How are you going to pay? Oof. Well, you know, it's not like today where they're making millions. Back then yeah. it was a little different. Yeah. And I will say, well, you know, I said, I'll tell you what. I'm a big fan of you. I love the team. You don't have to pay me now. You're going to pay me five points a week on the money. Uh. Every Friday you bring it here in cash. And if you don't come here, we'll send somebody to see you. Don't worry about it. And go out and have a blast. Well, they'll do that for five or six weeks, and you know what's happening. They're running to another town. They're betting with another bookmaker. They're getting more in debt. Bring them back. Uh, Say, hey, what happened? You missed last week. You didn't pay. Let me tell you how we're going to work this out. You're a quarterback. First three times you get the ball, you put it in the hand of the other receiver. (laughs) That's it. You're a running back. Yeah. You you put it on the ground. Right. That's it. We'll worry about the rest. You do that for me, I'll clear the debt. That's it. Wow. And what are they going to do? Yeah, Think that, about it, Mike. What that's are going to so do? Yeah.
1: That's all you want me to do? That's, it.
0: that's yeah. all you want me to do? Yeah. For one yeah. game? Yeah. Okay. Throw a few picks? <laughs> yeah.
2: Have a fumble or two?
0: They, they, yeah. yeah. we'll they don't care. And we'll take care of the rest. They don't care. Because really, what did they lose? The Entry on a piece of paper. It's yeah. not like the, you know you gave them anything. you know. But uh, And a lot of the – I got to tell you about athletes. They're not good gamblers. No. <laughs> they're really not. I can't tell you how many of them got in trouble. we are pleasure seekers. Yeah. Big time. The pledges, when Adrenaline. The give over, me the rush. The exactly. Over, we're yeah. in a hole. Next thing you know, we're in a hole. Digging give hole. me the rush. Because you're so competitive. And what is a gambling? Yeah. Do? It heightens the stakes. Oh, my you God. Know, it, it raises the stakes. Yeah. I, I, did, seen-
2: I had buddies gambling in hotel rooms on the plane, you know, to and from games. All the guys were, oh, fuck, guys love that.
0: Hey, i seen once, this is funny, because, you know, I, I love Jordan. To me, he's still my all-time favorite basketball player. But we were at a security meeting once with the NBA, and Michael's playing the head of security for table tennis. They're playing for five bucks, right? Of course, Michael wins. He wins everything. So Horace has got his, his uh, warm-up suit on, and Michael says, where's my five bucks? I said, well, I don't have any money. It's up in my room. He looks, and he says, go up and get it. He goes up. He comes down. He hands Michael the five bucks. I witnessed it all. And uh, Horace looks at him and he says, Michael, five bucks? He says, yeah, this is my trophy. I beat you. Puts ah. it in his pocket and walks away. I said, wow, oh, this is intense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I get it. I really get it. Yeah, man. Um, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a gambler. I didn't have the, but I enjoy a game when I got money on it. Just, you know, I get more into it. Oh, yeah, it.
2: for sure. You know, I got to be honest. Yeah, I know. I know guys who love it. Guys just really get off. I mean, look at the businesses now that are being legitimized with, like, DraftKings and all the fantasy
0: football. It's crazy. Listen, I'll never forget when off-track betting came into New York, right? The cops came to us and said, we're going to put you guys out of business. I said, really? Let's see what happens. Because what happens? Off-track betting, you got to go and you got to put your money down at the window. They don't give you any credit. What happens after you lose that money? You come back to the bookmaker and because we give you credit and you gamble. It, oh. it actually made us more busy because now more guys were gambling than they were before. Wow. And you always lose. You're going to lose at some point. Did isn't? you
2: ever have to fuck people up for their gambling debts or for their debts in general that wasn't a, a mob person?
0: You know what? Most of the time you didn't have to do that oh. because just... They're they're scared enough that they're gonna come around. Yeah. But every once in a while, you had to make an example out of somebody because right. they were just too wild, uh. you know? too wild. You know, the, the thing is, they would they'd lose money with you, go to another bookmaker here, go to another. Like we didn't know. We're all connected. To them. <laughs> right. we, we all knew right. what was going on. They feel right. Thick. They don't. Know. Yeah. They yeah. Don't know. They're thick. Yeah. But uh, you know, every once in a while, a guy got out of hand, and you had to make an example. You know, it's just the way it is.
2: Do you ever see or talk to? Have you talked to Giuliani?
0: I, I met him one time. One time, a, yeah, it was at a uh, uh, was I forget the uh, the It was a football organization actually. Actually, that um, it's out of. Uh, they have every year they give an award to top coaches, and I had spoke there a couple of times, and he was the keynote speaker that time. Oh and my so we, god! Uh, yeah, he, he was okay. I always tease him. I said I'm the only guy to beat you. I, I said, love I was that. A you try yeah. <laughs> And he's so into himself. He, he, he's so insane. He he's a
2: maniac, Yeah, he's, he's crazy. Look at him with Trump now. Spinning it.
0: You know, too, they asked me, I, you know, the, uh, um, I got so, a little bit involved in this whole investigation because I knew some of the people around Trump. And they asked me if, if huh. did Trump ever deal with the mob? I says, are you guys like, are you in uh, Never Never Land? I said, he was a developer in New York. He had to he had deal to. with us, like every other developer, because we controlled the unions. If you wanted to, to get anything done, you had to come to us. Now, we didn't party with him. He didn't come to our social club, not that I know of. He didn't do it with me. But of course he had to deal with us. You don't get anything done back then unless you dealt with us. What about Scarfo and those guys? Were you friends with those guys? Yeah. I knew. What you kind know, of guy? I, like I like Nicky. I like Nicky. Yeah? yeah. Yes. yes. He got such a bad reputation. Yeah, he was a good guy. I liked him. Uh, yeah. What was his yeah. reputation?
1: Bad yeah, stuff. Bad murderer. Bad you know. stuff. Uh, the uh, worst uh,
0: ever. The worst. Yes. Just the worst stuff. But I liked a good him. guy. He was always a gentleman around me, yeah. We, we were going to unionize uh, the uh, bartenders and waitresses in Atlantic City. You can't we even doing imagine doing the
1: thing they said. He's only this big. Yeah. He was, need...
0: <sighs> yeah he, he, was he was a tough guy. Yeah, he was a tough guy. He was a man as far as I was concerned anyway.
2: Well, the guy that always terrifies me the most from any
0: mob movie is uh, Joe Pesci in Goodfellas. <laughs>
1: Did you know that Were guy? those guys like Tommy?
0: that? Did you know yes, Tommy? I did. He, yeah. Joe Pesci is the best mob guy of all time. There's no doubt <laughs> about it. One. Nobody plays it like him. Yeah. He, he's the best.
2: So there are guys like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You shoot a guy in the foot yeah. at a fucking card game. Yeah. Wow. Did you ever meet Mike? No, we never met. No? I was,
1: when I was a kid, I met Tony Solano. Yeah. Did you meet Fat yeah, Tony? think came from yeah. to, to see cuss?
2: Oh really? Yeah. It was it was Cuss
1: tied in? No, but
0: these guys grew up in the same neighborhood. Uh, you know, I like I'll tell you a story with Tony. He he gives me a call. He liked me. He gives me <laughs> uh, calls me up one day. He says, "Come and see me." So you know, boss of another family calls you. You go. So I go to Harlem. I go in his club, and uh, you know what Tony looked like? Uh uh-uh. Short yeah. guy, kind of stocky, wear the fedora and smoked the cigar. Uh, right out of Central Casting. <laughs> so he looks at me and he says. Hey, Mike, what are you doing with this gas business? I said, no, Tony, I'm doing good. He said, you're making money? I said, yeah, Tony, no complaints. I'm making good. He said, I got these five mamelukes around me. They can't earn three cents. He Whoa. says, yeah, just <laughs> like Luke. that. He says, you give them a job? I said, yeah, Tony, I'll take care. Don't, don't worry. He said, what will you do? I said, well, I got a bunch of gas stations. How about I put them in charge of a gas station, and uh, they'll watch it for me. He said, I said, but Tony, don't let him rob me. You know, these guys, they rob you. I'll cut off their hands, their ears. I said, oh, <laughs> oh, fuck. I said, you don't have to do that. I said, but just, he said, don't worry about you it. You think you really do it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. he, said, he, said, <laughs> so he said, he said, don't worry about that. I said, he says, how much are you going to pay him? I said, now I'm thinking. I don't want to insult the boss, right? I said, Tony, I said, how about I give him 1500 a week in cash each? He says fifteen hundred, give them five hundred, give me the thousand. <laughs> I said, you got it, Tony. Oh God. Well, thank you so I'm much. Glad you found me, Evan. Yes, sir. Yeah, thank I'm you. Glad I'm you glad you came.
2: Yeah, Mike. I'm really glad yeah, you came. Yeah, thank for you.
0: Sure. We gotta get together. we'll get a number I get, we'll get right. from Frenchie. We'll meet up out there. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. would be
0: beautiful.
2: Mike, I'll take us out. Go for it, nigga. <laughs> oh man thanks for watching and listening everybody be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel Hotboxing with Mike Tyson check out our website hotboxingpodcast.com until next time I'm Evan Britton I'm Mike Tyson I'm Mike Francis do you want anybody to know where you at talk to you get
1: in touch with yeah, you yeah it's
0: okay I'm all over YouTube com. I'm on Facebook Twitter the whole bit so you, you want to get in touch with me uh, you don't have to go through Mike and come direct.
2: Yeah. Boom. Hit him direct. All right, everybody. We're out of here.
3: Hi, this is Danny Roof, the Real GM Radio podcast, and I want to take a minute to talk about DeAndre Ayton. The number one pick of the 2018 draft... Definitely has not gotten the attention of high-profile lottery picks Luka Doncic and Trey Young during the early going, but he has been excellent and a key part of the Phoenix Suns being on the precipice of the NBA Finals. Aiton is presenting a matchup nightmare for the LA Clippers that Rudy Gobert simply was not. Gobert is a wonderful player, deserving Defensive Player of the Year, but Ayton puts more pressure on opposing defenses. He's used his size mismatches for offensive rebounds, and he's also been able to contest shots around the basket and make life hard on the Clippers. There too. So it is a huge performance for him, averaging 20 points, 13 and a half rebounds through the first four games of the series. And it's been so exciting to see a physically talented player really come into his own on the brightest stage so far of his career hi this is daniel Rue from the real gm radio podcast it's that time of year again and all eyes are now on the pro basketball hockey playoffs and major league baseball season betonline.net has all the action basketball the playoff battles continue as their teams make the run for the championship america's pastime is in full swing and let's not forget about hockey's chase for the cup betonline has you covered if you love golf mma championship boxing they have that too betonline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports the news scores and odds so head the website use your mobile device and bring home the game with betonline.net